Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. <laughs> Kevin, this is Michael. Sorry, I came in at the last minute. I had some uh, technical difficulties, but I'm here. How are you today? I'm good. How are you, Michael? Uh, good. No chance to do any sort of rundown. Um, I apologize for that. I actually had a uh, movie, a construction crew show up at my house this at lunchtime today and start pounding and driving nails into boards, and it was so loud you could hear it in the back of my house in the back bedroom. So I, I am currently doing the show uh, live from the parking lot of a, of a nearby Starbucks. So, so I apologize for the uh, sort of last-second appearance, and I'm glad, glad I was able to get here just in the nick of time, so to speak. Uh, our usual co-host... Yeah. Robin Schooling is not going to be able to join us today. She had a work call, and day, you know, daytime jobs pay the bills, so I understand that. Um, so anyway, let, let, let me just reset and get, get folks, get, get you introduced to folks, and we'll go through the questions and hopefully have a good discussion today. Okay. So uh, this is um, Michael. Sounds great. Uh, we're doing, yep, yeah, we're doing drive through today with just myself as the host and our guest, whose name is Kevin Corliss. Uh, so the usual greeting is something like, hey, Kevin, welcome to drive Through. How are you today? <laughs> Let's start there. How's your day going? Oh, good. I mean, uh, obviously not as complicated as yours. Um, no, day's going <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, last think, minute uh, glitches. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, nothing to complain about on my end, for sure. Cool. Um, for the for those uh, those members of our audience that will listen to this later on download, um, why don't you tell folks who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure. So I'm one of the founders uh, of a company called Roots. Um, basically, what Roots is is a suite of employee-friendly, lightweight HR plugins designed to meet employees where they prefer to be. So in Slack, in chat, in other high-touch systems where engagement increases, adoption decreases, and um, where overall your your organization can become much more efficient. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I, we'll, and we'll get it. We'll get into your product and and kind of what it does and working with Slack and all that things in a few minutes. I wanted to touch on uh, before we do that. You you, uh, you I guess you're an entrepreneur. Uh, you've been an entrepreneur a couple times, it looks like. And um, I'm always curious how how people find their way there and sort of how you landed on 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 roots. Uh, you know, as as an an offering that you're doing a startup on. Can you talk to us a little bit about that experience, and and then we'll talk more a little bit more about what Roots is specifically. Yeah, so uh, I hadn't worked in HR previously, so um, Roots was actually uh, kind of this reflection of um, the founders, myself, the other founder, our own experiences working in big companies, public companies, um, seeing how they operate. So it was it was sort of a reflection of here are all these processes that we have that we don't utilize, we don't engage with. And um, it was kind of like, why aren't we doing these things? Like why, why is there such hesitance to engage in this particular process, whether it's time off or performance or anything like that? Um, because a lot of times that information is critical. So uh, I think it was just a reflection of our own experiences being in an organization, what the pain points were day to day, um, bureaucratically, logistically, uh, and then it was, I, I think, my own drive, and I know my co-founder as well, um, we see HR as something that's universal, right? It's, it's something that maybe you don't have an HR function in, for every employed individual across the world, but the idea of HR, the idea of management, the idea of culture, 
within a company um, that exists for every employed individual around the world. So I think we had this aspiration to really make a positive impact for people and HR was a way to do that. Uh, it seemed like one of the best avenues to actually do that, to impact people's work lives in, in a positive manner. So, so, so when you talk about pain points, can you, can you give us a couple of examples of things that just kind of were difficult as an employee, but not someone in the HR space? Yeah. So, I mean, what got us into the space in general was actually just the, the problem of time off. And I think that in its own is actually like a really interesting dynamic um, because when you think about time off, PTO, taking time off as an employee, there's a lot of people involved, right? <laughs> Um, so you have right. an employee who's trying to unplug, you have a, a manager who's trying to hit deadlines and, um, you know, maintain their staff. You have team members who are working cross-functionally with those people who are out, who need to stay aligned and to be, um, you know, communicating. And I think something in the U.S. that's happening is employees don't take time off, or traditionally they haven't taken time off for the last few decades. That leads to burnout, that leads to, you know, uh, underperformance, disengagement. And uh, so it can end up being really costly when employees don't take time off. But then sometimes when employees do take time off, um, it's mismanaged. So you're not communicating with your team or you're not aligning. And that ends up being costly as well because then you have team members, you know, trying to figure out what's going on trying to figure out how to handle their projects while this person is out. If there's not good hygiene around it, there's, uh, there's cost and resentment on, you know, the team side, the organization side as well. So it's this really interesting dynamic that, sort of got us into this space of let's solve this uh, like hygiene, let's solve this alignment problem, let's solve these bigger issues around time off that haven't been handled by traditional HRIS or payroll systems or these trackers. So um, I think that's one example of common process, which we looked at as employees as this is severely mismanaged and we can help with. That got us into the HR space and started opening our eyes to what else we could, we could make an impact with. That's, that's pretty interesting. Uh, it, it, you know, from an HR perspective that, you know, that's somebody outside the department is going, I guess, sort of like, boy, this sucks. You know, we could do it better. Um, <laughs> and so, so how, so, you know, and I'm, you know, I mean, I'll knock my own professional a little bit. There are lots of things we could do better. There are a lot of things we do really well, but sometimes we miss obvious points. So once you, once you sort of arrived at, you know, sticking with your PTO example, once you sort of arrived at, you know, this is a bit of a pain in the butt, um, how did you how did you go out, uh, you know, like in work? I guess I know very little about developing software. So how, how did you decide to make the leap and kind of just talk us through that process for a minute, and then we'll chat about what Roots does. Yeah, so I do want to clarify, like, I don't, I think HR folks are superstars. Like, I think when you said, like, there are things you guys could be doing better, my my mm-hmm. issue with the HR function is is more the tech side, right? And it's sort of like yep. um, you had, and not to get too deep into it, but, you know, you had all-in-one HR and then things sort of broke out and ballooned to point solution. Right. And people like they were great from an HR perspective. Like they had all these cool tools where uh, from, from an admin HR point of view, it's great, but all these different point solutions and logins started leading to, you know, low engagement and, and low sort of adoption from the employees. So there's a move back mm-hmm. towards consolidation. So I, I, I just want to clarify though, that like 
I think HR folks are all stars, and it's yeah. it's more a, a reflection on on the tech um, and how we can improve that in in a way that's engaging for employees. Sort of sort of the leap for uh, starting development. Um, you know, my previous career, I, I'm actually not a developer. I'm not on the tech side of of our company. Um, I'm more of a product minded person, a, a business development person. So I knew what. I wanted to try to build and what we wanted to try to build to start. And it was sort of just building the team around us uh, to start developing that technically. I actually, when, um, when we first started founding the company, I put myself through six months of coding boot camp because I wanted to build something first. And before I started recruiting a team, like I wanted to put something on paper. So I wanted to learn some of the basics myself and, and uh, um, start doing that. So I, I, I don't really know. Um, to, to answer your question, like that jump, that leap to start development, I think I just always had the itch to try to make something, make an impact somewhere. And uh, mm. um, once, once sort of this idea came, it was hard, hard to get it out of my mind. Yeah, it was, I just, this past weekend, I was listening to NPR and there's a show on there called How We Built This, I think, or something with Guy Raz. And I, I forget the guy's name, but he's the founder of Dropbox. And the way he hit that idea is just it, it, it just <laughs> such an interesting like he, he he left home and he commuted. He had like an hour and a half commute each way to go to work, I guess, in Boston or whatever. Um, and he left his thumb drive at home one day and this is yep. before the cloud, you know, and left his thumb drive at home. And, and it inspired him to come up with a system so that he, you know, if he ever ran out of his or left his thumb drive again, ran out of the house and forgot it, he'd be able to access it through the through the web. And it turned in, in you know, a few years later, it turned into Dropbox with, a, you know, billions of dollars of evaluations, that kind of stuff. So yeah. Fascinating story. Oh, yes. yeah. So, so let's, Drew, so, so I, I noticed just, that, just sorry, go ahead if you're going to comment. Just yeah. A note. Yeah, yeah, no, Drew, Drew House, and he's, uh, like, uh, I'm a big fan of his, but just a note on that, he, it was a project for him, right? It was a side project, and he actually said he applied to Y Combinator um, when he was start, first starting development of the product, and he said he would sell it for a million dollars if somebody offered it to him right there, right? So I think a lot of times with entrepreneurship, it's just you're doing this as a side project, something that you, you want to make an impact or you think it's cool, and then it just turns into something bigger, which is Sim- similar to what's happened to us so far, but anyways, I just wanted to comment on that. Yeah, no, no, cool. Yeah, I mean, it was. I, I actually was thinking about that, you know when I heard that I was thinking about that as part. Like, that's why I asked a couple of these questions about like how did you find your way to the product? You know, it's it's always fascinating to see how people do something creatively. And by the way, I didn't I didn't mean to imply to you that I thought HR sucked. <laughs> I was doing it for thirty five <laughs> years. We do a lot of good stuff, but but our systems aren't always perfect. And sometimes that's a result of the systems are bad. And sometimes it's a result of, you know, there's a, a, a huge enterprise and you, you, you sort of have to live with something that works across, you know, there's a lot of different reasons anyway, but yes, I was Absolutely. just curious. So, so let's talk, let's talk about roots. And I guess at one point that was called tree hopper. So let's talk about your, your, your business and sort of its evolution and what you guys are doing right now. I think you also just had a, a, a round of fundraising, right? Yeah, yeah. So we we had a fun, round of fundraising. It's sort of a, uh, an undefined round, but it was led um, largely by our customers, which is which is awesome. Um, so yeah, and, and kind of where we just where we were. That was kind of your question, and like where where we started. Yeah, where you started, and kind of what you're where you're at now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, like I said, I think that initial 
point into HR was um, it, it really was a reflection of that time off experience. And we actually, mm-hmm. that, that company Treehopper, I don't want to, I don't want to get too, too into the past, but we had a lot of iterations before we actually got to, to where we okay. were today. So the yep. first thing we, we actually tried to do with Treehopper was a, uh, a platform that would help people take time off. And it was like, why aren't people taking time off in organizations? Like, this is a major problem. You have, uh, you know, burnout and you have, uh, you know, people disengaging and getting tired and um, it's got to be a problem for companies. So we built this massive platform with all these cool features about, uh, you know, how to help you save and how how to help you decide where to go on vacation and, um, you know, how to help help a company contribute to that. And it was more sort of like a a benefit idea at that point. Um, But very quickly Mm -hmm. when we were trying to sell that product, we started realizing that the real pain point was, around management of time off, right? And, and how you can do that effectively with your team, how you could communicate um, communicate to your team, stay aligned, like request and take time off comfortably, actually unplug while you're away, help to redirect questions and comments to you while you're gone. So um, that's where we really recognize the pain. So we quickly, after, after figuring that out, developed uh, our first uh, plugin, which was all about PTO. And we um, decided because we wanted to make this an employee-centric experience to embed that plugin into Slack. So to not be an outside, an outside uh, platform or dashboard, we know there's sort of this dashboard overload for employees. We wanted to focus on how can we make this a valuable experience for the employees so they're engaging with it for their own benefit. They don't feel like they're being tracked. They don't feel like this is a bureaucratic process. Um, so we started building in features like, setting Slack statuses, syncing with calendars, syncing with HRIS, um, showing who's out by different Slack channels or groups, helping you do handoff tasks and responsibilities to your coworkers Mm. in Slack before you go away, Um, allowing those coworkers to provide you updates just before you return that you receive the morning you you return. So it's it's this really robust experience sort of solving the workflow issues around time off. Um, and we just had really great success early on with that. Um, you know, one of the areas that we really focused on was this idea of unlimited or flexible or open PTO, um, and how you can create structure around that without contradicting the message of openness. So we really grew in that area. We really targeted remote companies who were trying to stay aligned to make sure their communications were streamlined and things weren't missing. So we really grew in that area as well. Um, uh, so did about a year or so with just that PTO plugin, um, earlier, uh, actually probably, probably a year and a half of just that PTO plugin. Um, we earlier in 2020, we released our second plugin, which was around, uh, candidate referrals and streamlining mm-hmm. the submission of candidate referrals, helping you to automate curation of referrals at scale. Um, and I think. I think the central theme to what we decided to do from a design perspective was how can we take this common process and make it more engaging for employees, make it uh, something that people will actually use and utilize. So with PTO, it was let's solve the workflow issues around time off. With referrals, it was how can we keep the referral program top of mind and nudge people to submit referrals from time to time. So we created this thing called Job Boost where you could – um, you know, sort of send this automated recurring announcement highlighting subsets of your open jobs 
um, all being pulled from your ATS and nudging team members to submit referrals. And so that was our second plugin. We grew with that. And then third plugin, which we just released uh, with our platform, um, and that was sort of the, the announcement with our funding round as well, is um, the platform release, the third plugin release, um, the funding round. And that third plugin is all about social connectivity and measuring how much cross-functional exposure employees have uh, across their organization or, um, you know, how siloed they are based on Slack channel structure. So that's kind of where we're at today. And, and that, cool. That, and that's one thing I wasn't real clear about. I think, I think you guys, this is all driven at, at aligning with Slack as a platform, right? You don't, it's as opposed to like working with other types of systems. Is it only organizations that use Slack? That would be your customer, so it, or are you... yeah, Go yeah. Ahead. So Sorry. in the near term, yes. Uh, we we started out with Slack just because of you know the demographic we were charging uh, targeting was just really aligned with Slack and, and who their customer base was. Um, they were forward thinking. They were tech tech heavy, um, a little bit more you know startup, mid sized, venture back. So that was really who we were trying to work with because we were trying to iterate very quickly. Um, but what we've built from a framework perspective can easily be replicated across other chat systems, other apps, and high-touch systems. So, um, you know, plans early next year to move into Microsoft Teams, do everything we're doing in Slack and Teams mm -hmm. as well, to keep an eye out for other, you know, chat systems and other high-touch systems that we can move into. Yeah, I work for a large – yeah, no, no, it makes sense. I, I'm just curious. I mean, it would limit you, but maybe that would, you know, maybe you were, it would limit you to some extent, I guess, you know, but because not everybody in the world uses Slack. I work for a company that uses Teams, and it's, uh, I had, I worked for this company for several years. I left five years ago and came back this year, and back, back in the, the day, we didn't really have any access to anything remote other than just, you know, dial-up, not dial-up, but connecting to the Internet and, you know, and then using email and stuff. But now we have Teams and Office 365, and it's, it's, it's a huge, you know, having kind of left and come back, it's a huge difference how much having those tools are available and kind of leads, kind of leads into one of the questions that I, I had on the list of stuff that I sent, which, which is given that with the way things have gone in 2020, have you guys seen um, – What's been the impact of, of COVID and, and all this remote work? Has that been a, a benefit or has it hurt you guys? Oh, no, absolutely a benefit. Um, so, you know, one of our, one of our biggest, um, you know, clients or, or two of our biggest clients and flagship clients are GitLab and TopTal, who are, uh, mm -hmm. are you know, two, two of the biggest fully remote companies in the world, even pre-COVID. Um, now, now it might be a little bit different <laughs> post-COVID, but we were already sort of, um, building in that use case, the remote use case, into our design, into our products. Um, we've been very, very bullish on remote work. Um, I, I think as a company, we believe that that's inevitable for, for a long time now. I think COVID has expedited that um, timeline by maybe five to ten years. Um, but for us, mm. it, it was always inevitable to that remote work would be coming. And I think that was one of the major things that we were trying to solve, right, it is how do you keep a pulse on your team from afar? How do you make sure people are engaging in these processes um, without pulling teeth, without having to nudge them, without, you know, working asynchronously? You need things that are very intuitive. You need things that are very simple and straightforward that add value to the employee experience. Otherwise, you're not going to get that engagement. 
Um, so I, I think definitely has helped us. We saw, uh, you know, I know a lot of companies are struggling, but to, to be frank, like we, we saw a lot of the even stronger growth during, during the COVID months. So I'm excited, excited about the prospects of remote work and um, what that means for companies. Like it, it, it really does open up opportunities for a lot of people around the world and, and um, for a lot of companies as well. So excited to be a part of that. Yeah, it, it's interesting um, <clears throat> from a from an internal perspective. Um, we like I work at the corporate office, um, which is in Lakeland, Florida, and there's you know I don't know fifteen, seventeen hundred people in the corporate office um, with a variety of support functions, including you know some HR, accounting, all that kind of stuff. And when COVID hit, it, you know at first we um, and also we sell groceries, so our, all of our store employees, our retail employees, are out there. You know they're they're essential employees and they have to come to work and don't have don't have the luxury of being able to work from home. But from the corporate perspective, they, they kind of said, "Look, we're gonna you know just for the health of everyone, we're gonna we're gonna cut way back." Not, and they didn't send us all home, but it was taken from 100% down to I don't know 20%. We're supposed to be in the building at any given time, and the rest, you know, go work from home and figure that out. Um, one of the things that we did is we cut back on. I guess, you know, like business travel, for example. Uh, in my role, I travel a lot. I've, I've only traveled twice this year for business so since March, April, which is really weird. So a lot of the, a lot of the non-essential stuff was put off to the side. But we've, we've seen a great um, response in terms of our ability to carry this off. But we kind of peeled away a lot of the, I guess, I don't want to say they're non-essential tasks, but things we, figured, we, we were trying to get done what needed to be done, right? And right. and so now we've had people working at home. You're trying to unravel that. So we're we're facing as an and I, I guess I'm just kind of I'm, I'm going to stop with the editorializing here. We're going to be facing at, at, from our company perspective, I think uh, a new paradigm of which is look, we were able to work from home in an emergency. Why can't we do it now? Versus right. you maybe you know maybe hold hold place for a while, but maybe we can't do this you know forever. And I, I think that stuff like your your system probably helps, you know, take that next um, that next step to organizations that are like ours, which wouldn't have done this voluntarily. They were forced to do it in a minute, right? So I know that you were talking, in, you know, kind of your big goal is reshaping HR. So I wonder, I, I wonder if you could kind of talk about that for a second and, and you know, where you see things going post-pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's really interesting. I, I, I mean, so that paradigm, I, I think a lot of companies, were looking for an excuse to try remote work, um, but didn't want to shake things up pre-COVID, right? They were interested and intrigued about the idea of, you know, what's that? I just said right, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So they were interested and in, in, in intrigued at the idea of, of, you know, cutting costs and, you know, not having office space and not having liability in that. Um, to, but didn't want to try it. Or you had companies who were, who were adamantly against remote work, who are now coming out and saying, wow, you know, I, I've changed my mind about this a little bit, which is, which is almost, uh, it, it's intuitive, right? Like it, you, you are hiring adults who are responsible. If you are able to do work remotely, um, and granted, there are a lot of jobs that still need to be done in person and um, a lot of industries that are still going to rely on that. But a lot of work, um, a lot of knowledge workers can be working remotely and you are hiring adults who are responsible, will get the work done 
and it will end up empowering them, giving, giving them autonomy over their life, while also saving you a bunch of money as a company. So it seems inevitable mm-hmm. that that's, that's going to move forward. Um, and I think what that means from an HR perspective is, uh, like, you're going to start working more asynchronously. You're going to have a distributed team where you're not always on at the same time or at, at, in the same place or having discussions, um, you know, in person. So communication style needs to change as well. Um, you, you can't rely on those sort of antiquated systems and if they're not being adopted by your employees. And I'm speaking specifically to HR again. Um, you can't rely on uh, those antiquated systems and employees aren't going to engage with them. So things are going to move faster. Things are going to be more agile, distributed, asynchronous. You need your HR tools and, and I guess just your business systems in general to sort of reflect that setup. They need to be fast. They need to be simple. They need to be intuitive. Um, and that's sort of where we're trying to fit into. Um, and I think, you know, what we've done so far, uh, you know, granted we're, you know, two and a half year old startup. Um, so, you know, we're still fairly young and growing as well, but we've built three plugins, which are seeing 95% adoption rates across the board, which is almost an unheard of from HR, from an HR tech standpoint. Um, so we can take this framework that we've built and apply that to other areas of HR, things like one-on-ones or onboarding or, you know, um, career development and upskilling. There are all these sort of critical components of HR and culture and the employee experience that you can sort of enhance and optimize um, and get employees bought into. So that's sort of where we're looking. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I, my, my uh, co-host Robin is much more uh, embedded in, in her work with working with HR tech than I am. I'm more of a hands-on person. Robin's not a technical person per se, but she deals with a lot more tech stuff than I do. Um, it, but HR tech in general is a super crowded space, and there's been a fair amount of, of large company consolidation like Kronos and Ultimate Software, you know, these big suites that do everything for you. So you guys are, are kind of, a, I don't want to say a small player, but you're certainly not on that scale, and yet you're in this space that seems to have 100 million players on it. So how, like, how do you how do you find your way around in that, and you know where do you ultimately hope to be? Yeah. So what I will say is like we're not. A lot of our products are designed. They can be standalone, but they can be complementary as well. So we we're not naive in the fact that you're going to replace you know an ADP or Kronos or whatever you're using with our system. Our system right now is meant to optimize the processes you're already you already have in place and you're already managing. But we integrate with ADP, we integrate with Bamboo HR, we integrate with Workday. You know, from the referral app, we integrate with ATSs, Greenhouse, Lever, um, things like that. So we're trying to position it where we're not, we can not only be standalone products, which is great for startups and, and people who are sort of building out their HR tech stack, but we can also be a complementary where we're, uh, you know, taking this process which may be housed in a separate platform with a separate login, which is a completely different design than that other HR system that, you know, your employees are using. And um, we're just optimizing it and streamlining it. So I think uh, to answer your question, like where, where we plan to be or, or us being a small player, like we absolutely recognize that right now. And, you know, we're not trying to, to beat out all these other systems at this point in time. We're trying to take those very specific pain points that you have in your day-to-day experiences that are meaningful and solve them. Um, 
and we're able to move much faster in doing that than some of those bigger systems. So uh, I think we do have an opportunity. There's a lot of opportunity with sort of the shifting dynamic of remote work and in, in how communications are changing um, and the fact that we're, you know, more of a startup and can move a little bit faster is almost a benefit to us because we can, we can sort of ad adapt to that a little bit quicker. Gotcha. Um, listen, we've got about just a minute and a half left, if you can believe that. It goes by very quickly. Um, I, I saw in the notes you like uh, apocalypse, uh, books with apocalyptic features. So tell us your favorite apocalyptic book and tell us where people can find you before we end the show. Uh, so uh, favorite one's tough. I, uh, I re am re just finished uh, the fifth season by N.K. Jemison, okay. which, is, which is really, really good. Um, yep. Uh, so I would recommend that. I, it, it's tough to be put on the spot. I, I've definitely read a lot of, <laughs> I think what I wrote in my blurb is uh, post-apocalyptic futures or startups, anything where doom seems inevitable. I like, so, <laughs> I like sort of people being in precarious positions and, and finding their way out of it. Um, but yeah, I, I'd recommend uh, Fifth Season. It's, a, it's actually a trilogy, so I'm starting the second book now, but that's, that's a pretty good book. And then uh, where people can find us, um, tryroots.io, T-R-Y-R-O-O-T-S.io. Um, you know, check out our website. Feel free to reach out to me specific, uh, directly to my email is Kevin, K-E-V-I-N, at tryroots.io. But um, yeah, Michael, I mean, it was a pleasure talking, talking to you. Definitely went like, fast. Likewise, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, thanks for being on drive through. Uh, by the way, you'll enjoy books two and three because I've read that trilogy as well. It's a it's a really good one. So N.K. Jemison is a great author. Thanks for joining us today, Kevin. I'm going to go ahead and end the show. So uh, have a great afternoon and the rest of the week. Okay. All right. You too. Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye.